Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Mike, it's good to hear from you, my man. The NBA has been crazy in the few days that you have and I have not spoken, man. I know. I, I had to go a little MIA. I um, had a very important LCD sound system concert to go to. So I had to go be really super cool for a while. And now I'm back here nerding it up on my fancy basketball podcast. Those were all words I didn't understand, just so you know. I don't know what any of that stuff was you said. That was for all the cool people out there. No big deal. Go see LCD Sound System. They're great. Um, yeah, the NBA has been uh, in turmoil. I tried to do a, uh, a quick take on the Eric Bledsoe trade, and uh, I think we're going to get a little in-depth on that trade uh, in this one, so you don't have to go back and listen to that that quick take. But if uh, I did get some feedback that people liked it, so we're going to try to maybe do some quick responses if we are, um, if we're able to, uh, to any of uh, the breaking news going on, and maybe do a, just a quick fantasy take in the future. So it did it, just, it seemed that was receptive well. But if you want to go back and listen to two podcasts ago, there's a lot of good content on that one as well for uh, a lot of um, players who might be um, trending up, trending down. Uh, so it's a pretty good one. So tonight, I think the moment where I say stuff. Oh, my bad. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I think that the quick take was was very good and informative, and you got it out there real fast, which I think it helped a lot of people. Yeah. Also, it was only um, like seven minutes, right? So, I mean, people just popped that in, enjoyed it. That was it. Yeah, it was a quick one. Um, We didn't. There didn't have to be a lot to say, but let's let's actually let's just do it right now. Let's get in depth with the Eric Bledsoe trade. So, if you haven't heard, which, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't have heard this. Uh, Eric Bledsoe traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for third leg Greg Monroe and a first-round draft pick. Pretty decent trade on both sides of that. I I thought both teams kind of got what they needed. I mean, I'm not, like, pumped up about this trade or well, anything like that? I don't, I don't know. I'd take it that far now. I mean, the Suns definitely need a point guard at some point, and they did not get that. No, but I'm, I guess I'm I guess I'm not worried about the Suns competing because it certainly doesn't seem like they're trying. If they were trying to compete, maybe they would um, have kept the good point guard they had. And they, they just wanted another um, tr- um, draft pick. That's it. And an expiring contract. Oh, no doubt about that, right? And, I mean, they actually traded for the thing they need the least, which is a center. I mean, they got four guys who I think are capable of playing some center minutes and playing, you know, at least 20 to 25 center minutes a night. So, I mean, obviously that, that math doesn't work out. No, it's it, it definitely isn't. And, and in, the, in my quick tidbit, I kind of said, hey, um, take a flyer on Greg Monroe. And I, I kind of still stand by that simply because of his fantasy value, his ceiling – is pretty high if he does play extended minutes and even if he plays you know 25 minutes a game he's a he's a top 100 fancy player in the past I said this and, to someone I said this to someone on Twitter in 25 minutes he's a standardly honorable player absolutely someone you keep on your roster and hold in 30 minutes he's probably trending toward that top 50 somewhere 
And that's exactly why I said go out and take a flyer on this guy. I know he's injured and he'll be out for maybe another week or so maybe. But if they wanted to play Alex Lynn a ton of minutes, they would have already done it. My guess is he's taking Alex Lynn's minutes and he's going to take a handful of Tyson Chandler's minutes. And one of those three guys ends up getting traded at the end of the day. Now, see, I'm worried, and, and this is another scenario we won't really know until it happens, right? Which is why it's kind of a speculative ad still, is that they just kind of split the baby between Chen, to, yeah, Chen, yeah, I put the name together. <laughs> I like Chandler, Chandler, Len, and then, I mean, they've been playing Marquise Chris a little bit at the five, too. So, I mean, I could legitimately see Monroe playing like 15 minutes a night. I don't think they're going to take him out of the rotation completely unless they buy him out because they want to trade him at some point and get something back for him. But here's the thing, too. The Bucks have been trying to trade him for how long, Mike, and no one's bit? No. Nobody wanted him. Um, well, I think the the real thing is, is nobody wanted to pay him. I think people want I think people want Greg Monroe. It's not a Julio Okafor situation. People don't want Julio Okafor, except for maybe the, the crappy Bulls. But people do not want him. But, but I think people want Greg Monroe. And they just didn't want to pay $17 million for Greg Monroe and have that on the books. If he gets bought out, to me, that is the best situation fantasy-wise. Because on the Suns, best-case scenario, he ends up playing 25 minutes. Alex Lynn gets put on the way-back machine. Um, Dragon Bender continues to play like 12, 15 minutes. Tyson Chandler... Uh, either gets moved or plays his normal minutes, right? But there's so many people there that that logjam could end up just being a, a giant crapshoot, and then Greg Monroe's value is still the same as it was in Milwaukee when he wasn't playing a lot. And that could definitely happen. But I'm willing to take a flyer on this new situation for Greg Monroe, and hell, if he gets bought out before he comes back, it's a it's a good stash to have because if he he's going to get picked up, I would assume by a team that needs him in their starting lineup, and then all of a sudden, if you're sitting there with a 30 minute night from Greg Monroe every night, that's going to be a hell of a boost to your fantasy team. And I guess that's the interesting part, right? Is we don't know where he's going to go, and does he does he ring chase right? Like some of these guys want to just get bought out and ring chase. Now Greg Monroe's not. Super, super older. He's only 27, so he's still got some years left in those legs. So maybe he doesn't do that. But if he joins, I don't know, the Celtics, I mean, how many minutes is he going to play? I mean, so it all depends on what team he goes to, obviously. But, I mean, yeah, you have the opportunity that he could get big minutes or he could be in a 15 to 20-minute role or he could be on the Suns playing 10 minutes. It's just no yeah. one really knows right now. It's um, it's still going to be a crapshoot, so do be prepared to drop Greg Monroe if the situation ends up, you know, stagnating or just basically nothing happening or if he's playing like 12 minutes a game. Just, just move on and, and pick somebody else up. That's the whole point of having uh, the guys at the end of your bench, uh, uh, the ability to drop them at a moment's notice. It's, to me, it's an asset to have someone like Greg Monroe just kind of squatting on my squad. Because best case scenario is I get a really great player, and the worst case scenario is I have a room for another good player off the waiver to pick up. 
if you're handcuff if you've handcuffed yourself with too many you know standard league relevant players that you can't drop uh, my suggestion is is you start trading with people like there's definitely someone in your league who doesn't have as a robust bench as you and really that bench isn't having a really good bench isn't that great of an asset having a great starting lineup is always, is always good but if you don't have the ability to go after waiver wire players and this is this is for standard league if you're in a deeper league you know it's, it's much much harder to get talent or even value off the off the waiver wire but in a standard league if you're not able to play a hot hand or pick up uh, a guy because of a, a freak injury uh, so some other guy who's going to be playing the whole Dantas Sabonis uh, thing is, is a great example. That guy was hot for like two weeks. If you didn't have room for him, you didn't reap any of the benefits, and you got none of those quality starts. Yeah, and that's why I think in like a 10 and even an 18 league, right, some guys playing those, if you're less than 10 teams or less, I think I'd drop Monroe, right, just in the sense that we don't really know what we're going to get. We're at least a week away from him playing, and so – you know what I mean? I think maybe you just cut him and look for something who's going to give you value now, especially in a head-to-head league where, you know what I mean, you need those games to win the week. Yeah, if I'm in a super shallow league, I would do that. If I'm in a, a 12-team league, I'm still – I still want to take the risk because, like, what it's going to be, what, a week this week? Unless you're not competitive, right? And we've been – we were talking about this before the show um, – you know, a lot of people are complaining about how Jimmy Butler and, you know, Kyle Lowry, they're not playing as well as they did last year. They're not up to speed yet. And people were completely, oh, man, I'm losing all these weeks because Jimmy Butler's playing bad. I'm, I'm sorry. If you're losing weeks because Jimmy Butler is playing average, by the way, he's not, he's not playing Jimmy Butler-like, but he's playing okay, then your team isn't good. It's not Jimmy Butler that's holding you down. It's it's the rest of your team. So, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of these, these people complaining. And as long as you don't have a team that's that bad, then you can take a risk on Greg Monroe and maybe, you know, play two less games this week. Why not? Let's... Um, Talk about the rest of that Phoenix lineup. So Mike James, still the starting point guard over there. Are you still interested in Mike James as a standard league player?
You good? Yeah, this thing kicked me the fuck out. Oh, no worries. I saw. <laughs> uh, it, it, it took me a while to see, but I saw. <laughs> You're just waiting again, waiting for me to say something? Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I talked for, uh, for a little bit. Um, so I'll, ju- I'll just pick, off, pick up where I left off. Cool? Sounds good to me. Do you think Mike James is still a standard league player? I mean, in a 12-team league, yeah, he's probably rosterable, right? I mean, I don't say you have to own him. And in certain leagues, I'm probably streaming him too. I mean, he's not giving you anything that special. He's not playing that many minutes. He's probably going to shoot a poor field goal percentage, so your team's got to be able to handle that. But, I mean, I don't see why not. He's getting you enough assists to be on your roster, right, at least for the games he plays in in a head-to-head league. Yeah, there's some assists to be had. He's getting um, occasionally getting some decent steals, uh, four, three to four rebounds, double-digit points. It's it's that's a pretty good stream. I mean, I, if you're in a twelve team, I would I would probably own him. If you needed a point guard for sure, I would own him. But yeah, I mean, like that's a that's a, that's a fairly good stream, and I think you'll be able to stream him for the the foreseeable future. Because I'm not really sure how many point guards are uh, available right now to be, like, what team is going to be like? Yeah, sure, Tyson Chandler for a starting caliber point guard. I'll get right on that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I mean he's still on a two way contract, right? So they have to either convert it to a regular contract here before too terrible long, or they have to send him down to the D League or the yeah the G League. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's something to watch out. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to convert it at this point. I mean, he's their starting point guard. But they could always just play Tyler Eulis and say, screw it, you're in the G League, I guess. I don't see it happening, but it's it's the only foreseeable possibility where I really see Mike James not being their starting point guard at some point. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Eulis hasn't uh, impressed with his uh, the extra minutes that he's getting. Uh, in this situation, and he's one of those guys we talked about the other week, where like he's pretty good in like twenty minutes, and in thirty minutes he's that twenty minute guy. He's still kind of good. Like it's like okay, he's good, and then he's it doesn't translate. It just it, for some reason for certain guys when they go from twenty minutes to thirty minutes, they like produce the exact same line, and you're like, what the hell's going on here? I guess that means right. You just you you're just good for twenty minutes. It's the the Kenneth Fareed syndrome. Yeah, poor poor Kenny Fareed. Dude, he's a starter, bro. I in in Japan, in his own in mind, Ch- in China, he's one of those guys. He's a legend in his own mind. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So let's talk about the Bucks. They're sexy. Come let's on, go let's... to the Bucks. Yeah, let's go to the Bucks. I'm with you. Um. So Eric Bledsoe, immediately starting point guard. I think he's going to be pretty good there. A lot of people are asking how how's this going to affect the rest of the team. And starting with like the big names on on the Bucks here, you're looking at uh, Giannis and Middleton. I don't see how this really negatively affects them at all like maybe Giannis uh, has a few less possessions on the ball right but Giannis is still gonna be closing games Giannis is still gonna be the number one scorer here he's still gonna be the number one asset on this team and 
Eric Bledsoe might take a, a a couple of possessions, a little bit of usage away from Giannis, but that's not going to affect Giannis being who he is. And if anything, it makes Giannis and Middleton a little bit better because there's now a better player that they have access to uh, that will take defenses away from them. So I'll say this, right? Giannis is not going to be what Giannis has been so far this season, regardless if Blitzo comes in or not. I mean, does anyone think Giannis is really going to shoot 60% on 20 shots a game? I mean, does, does anyone do that? I'm in. He's going to do it. I believe. I believe in him. Um, so, I mean, that's, not, that's probably not real. I mean, could he shoot like 52 53%? Sure. But he's not shooting 60 He's also probably not shooting 33 percent from the three-point line which he is right now because he's never shown that he could do that and so all his numbers are going to take a step back but it's not because Bledsoe's coming in it's because he can't sustain the production he's got right now plus I think they want to play a more like 35 minutes than the 37 they've been playing in which yeah and I think you're going to see a lot of people blame Bledsoe for this and um it's the wrong it's the wrong take he's going to play a few less minutes and he's going to his his hot start is going to move back to that average of, of last year. But, I mean, this guy, I mean, he's improved in every category every single year since oh, he's he, been in the league. I mean, he, I, he's amazing. He could, I think he could still – I think he could do this. I really do. I'm not trading him. I'm not trying to get rid of Giannis. Like, by the way, trade for Giannis if someone in your league is like, not sure if uh, Eric Bledsoe is going to affect – Giannis's uh, shots here, like make a freaking trade for Giannis at every moment you can. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I mean, what could you get back for Giannis? Is there any? Okay, like we'll talk one for ones. Okay, because that's probably the easiest way. To I don't do want it. anybody else. You don't want anybody. I mean, no, not really. I mean, I, I there's like name three, like, name three of the most obvious people: Kevin Durant. I think I'd rather have Giannis there. Um, yeah, okay. There you go. Uh, I guess LeBron is is up there these days. I'd still rather have Giannis. I think LeBron's going to peter out a little bit in the sense that he's probably going to rest some down the stretch. Yeah, those so old got, legs. you got more potential there for Giannis just to play minutes in games. Anthony Davis? <sighs> Man. I feel better about Giannis's injuries history of, of basically never really being injured, so I'd probably keep Giannis in that situation. You know, I love AD. Um, DeMarcus Cousins. Still taking Giannis. Steph Curry. That's the one I'll think about. All right, so Giannis basically over everybody. Because yeah. I don't I don't know what you're doing other than if, like, you're stacked. Like, if you have uh, a bunch of good f- forwards and you, you have a good percentage guy. I mean, like, if you have... If you're just like destroying people in all of the categories that Giannis gets, and like your guards are a little weak, I guess that's the only reason you would make that trade. Yeah, I just don't think you're getting enough. I don't. I still don't think you're getting enough back. He's the best player in the league. Yeah, and and I guess the only way you do it right is you can get them plus another valuable asset. Like like if I get Steph Curry and another top fifty player, regardless of who that is. I mean, I'd seriously consider that and probably pull the trigger, right? Oh, 100%. Steph and really anybody in the top 70 would be fine with me. 
And that's what I mean. So, I mean, there's deals you could make, but I'm not actively seeking them out. No, not at all. And same with Chris Middleton. Uh, I'm not trying to trade him either. He'll be fine. Here, if anything, he might get a, uh, a few more passes headed his way. Here's the, the thing about Middleton, too, and, and this might even be a, a big buying opportunity for him, is he has not started off great. At all. Yeah, a little slow. A little I mean, slow of a start for Middleton. He's picking up a little bit, but... But still 42% shooting, you know, for the season. So, I mean, that's not going to stick, is it? I mean, he's been a 44, 45% shooter every single year. Shooting 26% from the three-point line, which that's definitely not going to stick. Um, now, the assists and the rebounds have been higher than they've been in the past, and they'll probably float back. But, I mean, I think we see probably 17, 18 points from Middleton, like four rebounds and four assists each, and... He actually is shooting more three-pointers this year, so that number could go up closer to, like, two. Uh, he's been – I mean, uh, last few games he's been balling right out, but he also played oh. almost 40 minutes a game in the last three games. But now there's the panic, too, right, of, oh, man, he's going to be worse now that Bledsoe's here. And here's the other thing, too, right? Like, those guys are, are wings and, and forwards, and Bledsoe's a guard. Like, why would he take their minutes? I, I I just don't really understand this overreaction. I, I've seen a lot of reaction about this, and, and I, well, I don't get it at all. Like name name one scenario in the past where something like this has happened, and the the superstars or even just the the, the good starters on the team who are in who are different positions struggled. Here's why they're playing 37 minutes a game, both him and Giannis. Look at that depth chart behind those two of those wing positions. Now that Jabari Parker's injured, I mean, talk about some ugly names. It's not that good. So, I mean, I think they're going to keep seeing huge minutes and they're going to keep producing huge stuff. And I think Bledsoe's going to basically be what you drafted in Phoenix, right? I mean, like he might not score 20 points a game. He might score 16 or 17, but he's probably going to get you five and a half, six assists. He's probably going to get you like a steal and a half a game. He's probably going to get you three or four rebounds. Percentages are going to be pretty decent. I mean, I'm I'm fine buying him too. So let's talk about the other fantasy relevant player on this team, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. He probably, in my, in my opinion, it takes the biggest hit out of anyone in this uh, this whole, whole trade. I think, but I don't think that hit's going to be that that big. Like you said, look at that depth chart. Who's going to be playing? Even in the, at the guards, like who's who's taking his minutes? I I, I don't see uh, Deladova suddenly, um, you know, playing more minutes. If anything, this allows Matthew Deladova to play less minutes. So Eric Bledsoe gets the start. Maybe they play Brogdon at the two. Maybe they bring them him off the bench to lead the second team. Um, I actually probably think they play him a little at the two. Simply because he's got a good, uh, I think, chemistry with the, the starting lineup because he's already been playing a lot with that starting lineup. But if he goes to the bench, like, great. That's fine with me, too. As long as he's playing, like, 28-plus minutes, he's still standardly relevant to me. Jason Terry's getting minutes, Mike. DeAndre Liggins is getting minutes for these guys. Oh, boy. I think he's going to get plenty of minutes. Tony Snell played 40 minutes in their last game against the Cavs. Yo, DeAndre Liggins is in the league still? Tell me Tony Snell is not like a 20-minute-a-game guy. I mean, I, I don't really think it hurts Brogdon that much. I think that's another overreaction, right? Is they're going to find Brogdon minutes because Brogdon can play. 
And some of their other guys that are getting minutes are not great NBA players. I'm no offense to them. I mean, they they dominate me in a basketball game, but yo, DeAndre Liggins played some serious minutes for the Cavaliers last year. Um, why were we why were we not worried about the Cavaliers last year when you saw DeAndre Liggins getting like a ton of time in in December and January? We should have been a little bit more worried about them. Oh, Michael. Dude, I mean, the Cavs could actually really use a, a Ligans on their team. They're, they're struggling. Yeah, they've been not good. Still under 500. So, Bucks are under 500, too, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's it's been a very strange start to this season, and I'm, um, I'm definitely enjoying it. The uh, it, it, it almost – I saw a tweet – the other day, and it was like the Warriors are the least interesting team in basketball, and I'm like, damn, I think he's right. Like, I'm way more interested in all these other teams than the Warriors. Like, I don't even care if like the Warriors are losing the occasional game, or I just don't care. Like, this is uh, this is great. There's a lot of really good teams. The middle got better. Yeah, and I mean. Is it that just some of these bigger teams don't really care yet? I mean, we've seen this kind of last couple of years is like they're kind of devaluing the regular season and, you know, just really caring about the playoffs. I mean, I think when the Warriors need to turn it on, they're going to turn it on, make the playoffs, and probably dominate everybody. But they don't need to do that yet. So, I mean, I think that might be part of it too. Just like we don't really care. So let's talk about the last part of this trade on the Milwaukee Bucks, and that is the interesting uh, gap that is left between Thon McCurr and John Henson to take some oh, of those God. minutes away from, I mean, like Greg Monroe was not playing that many minutes. What was he playing? Like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, somewhere in that range. Was yeah, he so Greg, that much? Oh, Greg was a goddamn PCD. I think a game or two too. I mean, Greg not getting a ton of minutes there. So a lot of people were like, all right, man, it's finally time. By the way, like I thought this, this boat had sailed like, 16 minutes a game for Greg so far this year. And oh, he's only played is, in five games. That is bad. Um, that's really bad. So I thought this sure. ship had sailed like two years ago, right? The whole man, if John Henson played 34 <laughs> minutes a game, he would block like 12 shots a game, bro. Oh my god, he's look at his per 36, it's insane. And, like, two years ago, that didn't pan out. Like, last year, it really didn't pan out when he had the opportunity. And now this year, all of a sudden, Greg Monroe moves, and they're like, yo, is now the time for John Henson's breakout season? It's like, no, you freaking morons. He's, like, definitely not going to play 30-some minutes. And, in fact, tonight, he started, was in, I believe it was in uh, some foul trouble early. He still played 17 minutes. John Henson, not a good NBA player, unfortunately. Thon, Thon McCurr, 15 minutes. I thought Thon McCurr maybe would get some more minutes uh, because I think that's the direction they want to go, right? Like Thon, Thon McCurr should be uh, a little bit more versatile when it comes to you know playoff-style basketball, having someone that athletic running around and, and running out on people and being just enormous and hitting the occasional three. Have you seen three. Thon McCurr play basketball, Mike? I like Thon McCurr. I don't know what you're talking about. I think he could be – he's, like, incredibly raw, right? But I, how is he going to get better if he's only playing 15 minutes a game? 
I'm with you, but if the goal is to win a championship, I don't think he's ready to play big playoff minutes. He's going to get toasted. I, I don't think they're going to win a championship, but um, I would like to see him play more than 15 damn minutes a game in, the, in the middle of the season. Not even the middle of the season. The when, beginning Jab- of the- when Jabari comes back, I think they could do this kind of wild like five-wing deal where it's Parker, Antetokounmpo, Brogdon, Middleton, Bledsoe. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you look at how they're still doing this rotation. Like, they still want to go with Tony Snell. Uh, Teletovic got 16 minutes in in the game against Cleveland. And once Jabari's back, I mean, like, he's – like, uh, all these minutes are just going – I mean, there's going to be less Tony Snell and more Jabari, I guess. Yeah, I could see him just kind of playing five – like no big man, just five wings and, and going that way. I don't think McCurr is going to get minutes, really. I mean, I think we've seen 20 minutes is kind of a ceiling. He about fouls out in 20 minutes a lot of games anyway, so I don't see how that gets better. I mean, if, you, if you're in a big enough league where a guy playing 20 minutes is valuable, sure. John Henson could be worth a stream for blocks, right? I mean, 1.6 yeah. blocks a game in 20 minutes. But other than that, I mean, what, what are you buying him for? Maybe a few yeah. rebounds. Yeah, he was worth a stream in blocks anyway, right? Because he was playing, um, you know, twenty plus minutes, and he's—I think he still will, you know, be the more, I guess, go-to center. I was kind of hoping McCurr in my in my quick take. I was leaning on McCurr being for like you know later in the season, him being the guy that they uh, end up playing more, and uh, <clears throat> I still think maybe later in the season that will happen. But John Henson is going to be the more valuable player right now. And we've seen in more minutes, he just does very similar John Henson things. He gets some rebounds. He gets some blocks. Great. Like, he's not Yeah, he's I mean, not I'm a not, monster I'm not fantasy excited. player. No, I still don't I'm want him. I'm not excited about anyone. Just I don't not. want him on a standard team. I don't want him on my standard league team. I don't. Not excited about not None of my, my thoughts really changed on anybody in this team really at all, other than I think Brogdon is going to see uh, a couple less minutes probably. He's going to see much. less time, and I, I think if they play around, if they move him to the bench, right, that kind of that also hurts him. Um, well, I don't know. Like, like I said, I think it could help him too, like if he's just shooting more and being more involved with the in, always, in the offense, right, if he's a little bit more go-to, it could help him really. He always seems to me like he's kind of a player who likes it a further, so I don't know if that's the best suited for his game to like try to turn him into a Jamal Crawford like chucker type. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, we'll um, we'll have to revisit this, I guess, here in a little bit. So, is there was there any other news going around? I know um, Al Horford had a concussion. It doesn't sound like it's very serious. He might be out a couple games. I don't think he'll be out as long as. Miles Turner, uh, Patrick Beverly out with a sore knee. I, I think that's just uh, seemed like a pretty minor injury. It also sounds like Chris Paul might be back in a in a week or two, so that's pretty positive. Yeah, Nick Batum looks like he's rounding into a return as well. We talked about that a little bit. Rajon Rondo suited up tonight, even wore his headband on the bench. Did you see that? No, what? He didn't get in the game. They said he was still hurt, but for some reason they activated him and let him wear his jersey and his headband on the bench. But they said that he was not healthy enough to play. 
He, he was, was just not going to get minutes, but he just wanted to wear his jersey and sit on the bench with his headband on. So he did. Uh, you know what? I respect that. That's great. But I would assume that means he's back probably within the next week. That, I mean, why would you let the guy sit on the bench? He wasn't nearing a return. If he was hurt, hurt, I don't think you'd do that. No. I agree. Um, let's see. I guess Aaron Baines is the pickup while Horford is out. Um, he yeah, looked, looked like, good, right, in that yeah. game against the Lakers? He, I mean, not great defensively, who, but who he doesn't look good. Look, who, I, who doesn't look good against the Lakers? Um, I would not. I would not look good against. I Lakers. think you would look pretty decent. <laughs> I look. I look better than my average. I think you would. I think you would at least be like eight, three, and two. So, the one concerning news bit to, for me, I guess, from our friends at Basketball Monster is they've moved Kawhi Leonard all the way back to a December 9th return. So still a month away for old Kawhi. That's looking just grimmer and grimmer by the minute. I don't know. Those really any actionable things to do there. Just thought I'd throw that out there that the news is appearing not well for Mr. Kawhi Leonard. That is depressing. Um, especially since I drafted him in one of my leagues. Uh, just, I mean, there's nothing you can do, but you know, grin and bear it. I mean, like, that's, what's, you know, upsetting about all these people who are complaining about Jimmy Butler being average is like Kawhi Leonard has been out and will be out for a month. And a lot of people drafted him in the first round, including myself in a, in a handful of leagues. And like, I'm, Honestly, it's not killing me, but it's not helping. I'm uh, I'm treading water right now, and that's all you're going to be able to do. So if you're not treading water, it means your team kind of sucks, and you might need to be making some other moves other than you know wishing Kawhi was back. Well, yeah, and I mean, we can say this, right? There's a lot of guys, right, who are not performing that well, and, and obviously any stats are better than none, right? So Kawhi Leonard's giving you absolutely zero, nothing. That's That's the most hurtful thing you can get. But, I mean, if you drafted, like, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry with your first two picks, which is not something we would have recommended, but you could have done it, you're probably near the bottom of your standings, I would think, unless you got some real good kind of sleepers in that mid-range to your draft and late in your draft. Ooh, I mean, so- should, I, should I be worried about this, uh, this, this late-breaking news, Stephen Adams, in the locker room? No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm gonna have to look into that, uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, I guess LeBron's ankle—he's always bitching about something. Um, Jason Tatum had an MRI, which was negative on his right ankle, so that's 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 positive. Could be out a little bit though. He's questionable tomorrow. I mean, you know, sometimes you see those guys miss a, a week or two. I'm not super worried about that though. Yeah, I, I think. And and rightfully so, especially on a team like Boston, who does have hopes to, uh, you know, reach the finals this year. Like, let's not. I mean, and it's across the league. Like, let's not rush these players back after injury. Let's just be as healthy as we as we can moving forward. And um, you're going to see a lot of players missing more time for injuries that you don't think they should be. But it's, I mean, it's for the best because you don't want that guy coming back, re-aggravating it, re-aggravating it again, um, and then possibly just being out. Well, and I think you see that in, in all sports now, right, with the advances in medicine and the advances in 
just researching what rest can do and, and all that. I think we're seeing more and more players sit out with injuries they wouldn't have. And it it maybe avoids the thing like Kobe Bryant had that season where he tore his Achilles, right? Where he kept saying his ankle was a little banged up and he was feeling it and he was feeling it and he kept running out there and running out there and then that Achilles popped and he didn't run out there for a while. Yeah, that was uh, that was sad. I uh, you know I never liked Kobe, but uh, for some reason those last that year couple was just, years I was I was a huge fan. It was just amazing because he was a relatively old basketball player putting a team on his back and just willing them towards the playoffs. That year he tore his Achilles. It was very MJ like, except for and, not just not as good. And so it was it was a sight to behold until it wasn't. So let's um let's run out to our um I guess our uh, semi normal midweek segment. Let's run out to the waiver wire and see let's see what's going on out there. What do you think? Waiver wire, waiver wire, waiver wire, waiver wire. Whoa, was that a new drop or was that a ghost? That was that that was the that was the sweet drop for today. Did you like it? It was pretty good. That's a new one. I like that. Yeah, I've been, I've been testing them out. I think I mean like it's very Halloween. Ask we you're kind of a, uh, a little bit late. Day late and dollar short. The story of my life, Mike. That's you know what is better than um, not showing up at all, I guess. So, ooh, let's we gotta go to this waiver wire. <laughs> Man, did you, did you lose the waiver wire? So I told you I've been I've been a little busy, um, um, having some drinks and uh, going to concerts and partaking in in fun concert things and uh it's hard to remember what was going on before before any of that happened oh man the hate on tj mcconnell just doesn't stop does it yeah what's why why are people hating on tj mcconnell i, I mean i know he isn't like murdering uh, out there and but he's certainly not a bad fantasy stream well, and then twenty-eight percent in Yahoo leagues just seems a little bit light for what he's producing. I mean, yeah, okay, the minutes aren't there, but we've seen this guy in those kind of minutes, right? Like twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. He's probably going to get you like six assists, which that alone is worth it, right? I, yeah, hundred percent. It has to be like, do you want TJ McConnell like short term? Like, if you were going to stream this week, TJ McConnell or I guess uh, I'm going to go way up there. Jamal Murray. I mean, you want the upside of Murray, I guess, as far as streamer goes, right? Because he could shoot the rest of the season, maybe. But if I really needed assists, you know. If I need assists this week, though, yeah. I mean, I think McConnell's the better Batman. Murray's never going to be a point guard, point guard, I don't think, in that sense that he's going to get you like six, seven assists, which is what McConnell can give you in 30 minutes a game. Yeah. I don't really see the minutes dropping. I mean, Bayless got that wrist thing where his wrist is swelling up now, so that's a thing. Markel Fultz is still out for a while. Probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, right? I mean, that's kind of an undetermined situation, and we've talked about the crapness of their medical staff in the past, so I don't really see McConnell's value taking a hit in the, in a good bit here. I mean, I think he's going to play some, some semi-big minutes here for a good – Next couple weeks, at least, and potentially maybe the rest of the way. Yeah, I think I'd rather I'd rather stream him uh, simply because he's really, I mean, he's just very consistent, very consistent minutes, and that's what you want to see. And the percentages, although not on 
fantastic attempts are going to be fairly decent, I think. Going to get you a few rebounds. Steals are usually pretty decent. Not a lot of points, but, I mean, you got to know what you're buying, but I think he should be on more than 28% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, quick, quick sidebar. Have you seen these videos of Gordon Hayward just shooting baskets from a chair? Yeah. They're kind of odd, right? But they're, they're is, cool. I mean, like, Sozi's really dedicated, right? I mean, sure, right? Like, I don't understand. I don't, I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong, right? Like, someone come at me. How is that helping? Like, isn't that like a completely, like, isn't that going to mess up your shot? You're shooting from a chair. You're not using your legs at all. And I just feel like it's going to, like, screw with his shot. Like, it just doesn't – it's just not a natural movement. The thing I could see is, like, doing floaters in the lane, man, because, like, you just be, like, pushing the ball at the basket and getting it That in makes there. sense. But I saw him shooting, like, threes from a chair, and I was like, this is kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe just, like, improving some muscles in your upper body maybe. I'm not really sure. Yeah, maybe keeping that motion, right? Like, well, yeah, because, I mean, and this is kind of a, a newer thing, right? Like, when you used to hurt your knee, they'd put one of those, like, big braces on you, and they wouldn't let you move it for a while, and then, like, your knee would be permanently messed up. And now they've realized that, like, if you have a knee surgery, they have to start stretching your knee, like, the day you have it. And the whole thing is, right, you got to keep that motion in the joint so it doesn't, like, lock up and your muscles don't atrophy too much. That's why they want you to put your weight on your legs when you have surgeries on your legs. So I guess maybe it's the same thing, right? Trying to avoid muscle atrophy, trying to avoid those muscles stiffening up so they just keep letting you shoot and shoot and shoot. I, I, I guess it makes sense. It's certainly better than doing nothing. You're 100% right about that. I'm just surprised that it's not just like some weight training and uh, some of the things he could do without – you know, putting any uh, pressure well, on his on Kevin ankle, Durant right? was doing the same thing when he had the foot thing. Remember the cart? He had that little cart that he wheeled around on like it was like a leg, and then he would, like, shoot on one foot. Yeah, that was also strange. Uh, I guess was... it didn't matter. It didn't screw up his shot, apparently. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe it's just a new thing that we haven't seen in, in yeah, the past. I, you know what? I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm willing to admit that uh, I, I could be completely wrong about how dumb it looks. Well, how dumb it is for Gordon Hayward to be shooting from a chair. It lo- it's still going to look stupid, but uh, it might be, you know, maybe it's good for him. Speaking of another big market team, Mike, I would like oh. to ask you about a rookie point guard whose last name I know you will not be able to say. Uh-oh. It is the New York Nick, Knicks Nick, man. Nick, Nick and Lickin. <laughs> Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilatitikanakana. Hey. <laughs> so Bel- he's thought- from Belgium. I didn't know he's from Belgium. I should have known that, huh? Yes, you should have. Thoughts yeah. on old Frank? 22% well, owned in Yahoo Leagues. He's uh, His minutes are on the uptick, right? He doesn't terribly look aggressive. When it comes to uh, scoring the ball, he just doesn't seem like he want, uh, that that's part of his game right now. But ass- uh, assist-wise, right? Like, if we're talking about TJ McConnell being a streamer, why isn't old Frankie a streamer as well? And I think Frankie, the percentages could be bad, bad, right? I mean, like, we could be talking... Uh a bad situation there but the like you said the attempts are minimal and i think he's going to be better in steals so i mean if you're talking like five six assists and like 
a steal to steal and a half a game. This is a guy that might be more than a streamer in this sense. He's probably a streamer right now because he's not producing a ton of things other than those two categories. But it's probably a guy I would hold just because I think the minutes only go up. He only gets more comfortable in the NBA, and he only produces better stats. And I think maybe after the new year, right, calendar flips to 2018, I think he may be worth holding on to as, like, a top 100 player. It's um, certainly possible, and that's what you're really looking for in a good waiver wire pickup, uh, in someone who's trending up, but also someone who has potential and a high ceiling. So, you know, similar wise, like, hey, Greg Monroe, high ceiling, let's let's have him sitting at the end of my bench even if he's terrible. Same with Frank, right? Like, he's young, uh, he's got the playing time, he apparently has the potential if he was drafted that high. He, he doesn't look terrible out on a basketball court like certain point guards who play for the Chicago Bulls. And The Bulls have point guards? No, they don't. They're, I told you, they're light years. Light years ahead of everybody. They're going all wings, no point guards. It's the new, uh, it's the new way to play. Um, especially with those terrible offensive sets. Or like It's like the same five sets like every game. Oh, my God. I can't watch the Bulls anymore. Um, but no, Frankie's. I think he's got upside. And uh, it might take a while, though. I think that's what will frustrate a lot of people is um, waiting on him to – Develop an offensive game. I mean, he's been to the line four times. He's not aggressive and he's not attacking, right? I mean, I think a lot of the shots that that I've seen in the games are just like, you know, I mean, he's not really attacking. He's just like, oh, I'm wide open. I'll shoot. Oh, it's late in the clock. I got to shoot. Like that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't see him attacking at all, really. I don't see him shooting or attacking or anything. Like in one, three, six, nine, about nine games. I mean, I guess he's been to the line. He's been fouled. Twice shooting, or fouled when I guess you know maybe they're in the, the, they're in the bonus I guess but whatever. Oh. He's had four. F- hey, it's it's more than T.J. McConnell, right? We did the T.J. McConnell watch for a long time there when he was a rookie. So, so I guess you know this is a pretty good comp. He's a T.J. McConnell. Hey, when T.J. McConnell played thirty minutes, he was a standard league player. Could Frank become a standard league player? Yeah, definitely. Because I, I think if anything, they're going to want to run him and Porzingis. Um together as much as possible by the, by the end of the year. I'm with you there. Let's talk about Porzingis, right? Did you did you see the um the news that it sounds like he might need uh surgery off season on his uh elbow to get it drained? Yeah, that's worrying, right? In the sense that Chicago probably not the most competitive team this year and they could just be like, "Well, you're out." I mean, they're they're over 500 right now. Not sure how long that sticks. That Eastern Conference is not filled with great, great teams. So I think if they get eliminated, though, could they just be like, all right, man, get the surgery, get healthy for next year, which is not something you want to see. So that's, I think, the scary part is, let's say the Knicks are out of it. They're not going to make the playoffs, and they just go, all right, I don't know why we're forcing Porzingis to be out there anymore. According to um, old Zinger, he doesn't see – he's like, yeah, it bothers me sometimes when I'm a super badass and I'm just going to play through it, whatever. Well, it doesn't look like it's bothering him that much. I mean, you can see the last three games. He played 28, 40, and 37 points and three, six, and three blocks. So, I mean – Not not bad. Not not, not hurting him too much. (laughs) Not bad. He's not, not that bad. 
Um, I'm a, yeah, no, I, I I think he's fine, right? So I think a lot of people maybe saw that and go, shh, just panic. They're like, should I get rid of him? Should I move him? Should I, uh, what should I do? And my guess is he's going to – he looks fine to me. Yeah, ride or die, right? I mean, I'd go with him here. And maybe if you start seeing the Knicks creep out of it by, like, January, February time, then maybe you reassess the situation and go, oh, crap, maybe Porzingis could shut down. Maybe I can get some real good value for him. Maybe I'll make one of those trades we kind of talked about at the beginning where maybe you can get another top player and a throw-in for Porzingis. And yeah, if you can move him for any of those guys we mentioned in the, in the Giannis trade possibilities, like – Hundred percent, do that, right? Uh, but if you're in like a dynasty keeper league, though, now that that's still like something like, nah, I don't know. Giannis, yeah, yeah that makes sense, right? Some of those younger guys, eh, but yeah, LeBron, no, I'm not doing that, right? Yeah. Steph Curry, like, I'm probably don't want that. Maybe, I got, I got maybe a lot not. Yeah. There's a Przingis there, I think, and so I'm with you there. Yeah, and um, I guess worst case scenario, right, is that they shut him down, but um. You know, if he's playing this well, are next a are next a playoff team in the what in the East? It's a good possibility. I mean, there's not a lot, and that those seven eight spots are really kind of up for grabs with a lot of teams. Like I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't rule too many guys out other than your Bulls and the Hawks. I hope Cleveland can make the playoffs this year. That'd be nice. <laughs> so here's one thing I wanted to ask you, and it's not super fans of elephants. So we don't talk about it a lot. Does Noah crack the rotation come Monday when his suspension ends? On in his first game, yep. Uh, I think so. Twelve minutes. I think so too, and that that just further muddies up the Enos Cantor, Willie Hernan Gomez, Kyle O'Quinn center situation. And Enos Cantor playing, uh, you know, uh, extended minutes more than he played in uh, OK City has been nice, but it hasn't been as fruitful as a. People thought it would be where it's just going to be like you know fifty five points and fifty five rebounds a game, and that that wasn't going to happen. Um, but I, I did think you know hey look at the per minute, look at what he did in limited minutes and only twenty one minutes you know fourteen and seven, that's pretty much twenty and ten, and um, instead he has averaged in twenty five minutes. 13 and 10. So scoring a little bit less, but at a, at a much higher rate, his percentages are fantastic. But that's all, he, that's all he was going to do, right? Points and rebounds. Yeah, and here's where it gets underrated in the sense that some people are like, oh, man, he's not doing anything in blocks and steals. I want to cut him. He's 10th in the NBA in rebounding so far. Mm-hmm. I think you hold a guy who's 10th in any one category you count for fantasy. So yeah. I mean, he's definitely up there. And I mean, I, I, he's a guy I'd buy actually, because I think he gets underrated in a lot of circles where people think like, oh, he's barely a top 100 player. Oh, he's a bench player on my team. And, and I think he's going to be a top 100 player by the end of the season. Yeah, and I don't think his minutes are dropped probably – at all when Noah comes back. I think you're going to see either Willie Hernan Gomez or Kylo Quinn's minutes get cut, maybe, you know, a minute off of Enos Kanner, a minute or two, right? But he's relevant in 21 minutes. So if he's playing 25, 27, 
he's standardly relevant. He should be owned. And if you're in a roto league, he definitely should be owned because he's, you know, of those percentages he's getting, he's, he's great. I'm with you there. All right. I'd like to ask you about a Brooklyn Nets situation I've been sort of monitoring. Uh-oh. What kind of situation? So, ownable man. Okay, you can have one or the other. Uh, both Ugh. of them are probably available in quite a few I'm leagues. I'm not interested. I don't even care you who they are. You can have Carousel Hurt, or you can have Alan Crabb. Which man you want here? Oh, these two guys again. These are like, man, these two are like the same dude. If you well, ask him for I ice cream, they both say yes. <laughs> I disagree, right? One is, and this is kind of where I'm getting with the stream thing, is like I keep hearing all these people tell me, oh, Karis LeVert, way better than Alan Crabb, blah, 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 blah. Okay, this dude's going to shoot bad percentages. He's going to shoot bad percentages. Now, he is a better fantasy player in the sense that he's going to give you more blocks and steals, right? Those are categories that are important, and even very small incremental gains in those categories mean a lot because nobody gets that many of either one of those. Yeah, I think that was that was my original original but take on the situation. I believe that Crab is probably the guy to own in the sense that he's probably just threes and points. And he's averaged a steal this month in three games, but that's probably not holding. He's probably like somewhere by half a steal. But I think he's just going to get more minutes. But then again, Kenny Atkinson is running one of those rotations that you hate to see. Him and Coach Yeager been out for a couple beers, I think. Yeah, something's something's up here. Like neither one of these guys is getting consistent run um, at at high minutes. Like they're playing twenty seven. Anyone on that team, and then it, dro- it drops off. The yeah, the, like I'm not really sure what's going on there. If I'm if I'm reading these uh, numbers right, which I assume I am because I'm not um, I'm not super drunk. Um, no one's playing over thirty minutes on this guy on this team right now. And it it seems like the fluctuation is just the fluctuation. Like, <laughs> it's just wild, right? It like the fluctuation. And, sure. and like any player you look at, it's like okay, like a lot of guys have like a one or two minute variance every game. Their guys are like. Five minute variance. Oh, then he played ten more minutes than the last game. Oh, then he was back down ten minutes, and he was up five minutes, and he was down two minutes. It's like, Kenny, man, what are you doing, bro? You just like making it up as you go along. Just all right, D'Angelo Russell's in now. Just hold my finger up, see which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, like, and why are you not running D'Angelo thirty plus minutes a game? Like that doesn't make any sense. That guy is who you traded for to build a team around. And here's the only thing I guess I'll say about that is I think they wanted him to kind of be a secondary ball handler, shooting guard type, and they don't super have that luxury now. And a lot of their other guys' best position that they have is probably shooting guard. So I'm not saying it's the right move, but I'm saying the move they're making is they're trying to get Crab out there and they're trying to get Lavert out there, and that's hurting Russell's minutes. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, it certainly looks like this is going to continue for the rest of the year, and that's going to be really uh, just a giant pain 
in everybody's ass who owns anybody on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Would you own any of them like to keep? I mean, not. I want to talk on the stream right now. If you, other than D'Angelo, would you? Want to I would, hold anything? Yeah, I would. I would hold Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I'm with you there. That's the only other guy, though. I like him. I think he's kind of good. He's got a great fantasy across the board type of potential. Um, and he's good he, even right now. He's a steal and a block guy. Right? He's a steal and a block guy. Yeah, and I don't know that the block holds in that many minutes. Right? It's probably closer to like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. Yeah, but I mean that's still real good, right? In 26 minutes. And I don't think the 14 points holds. I just don't. I just don't think he can. He, he's not forcing it. He's not just forcing a shot up there. He's, and there's lots of misses to collect, right, I guess? <laughs> there's plenty of those to go around. So, uh, yeah, but he's the only other guy I would even think about holding in a standard league, which is it's kind of an indictment on that whole mess of a rotation. Yeah, Demari Curl has uh, surprised uh, me this year by being actually fantasy standard league relevant, and um, I think he, I think he, this will be sustainable. I don't think this is a small sample size kind of thing because that team they got really nowhere else to go, and I know they're only playing him twenty eight minutes, but that's leading the damn clubhouse apparently. And I don't know. It just seems like he's uh, playing well. He likes what he's doing. He's in a good situation. Uh, Does I think his, the coach that he had in Atlanta? I think is working with him again. So that's uh, it could be it could be sustainable. Dot, where does the shooting go? Do you think it holds at like forty three? Is shooting now? He shot forty or below the last two seasons, but then he had that run in Atlanta where he was a good shooter. Uh, I'm just sure. interested to see what you think where where that kind of ends up. Um, it's at forty three percent right now. Yeah, I mean. That right, it's a hard read. Isn't it's it weird that stretch in Atlanta? He shot forty-seven, then forty-eight, and yeah, and then I mean, he had the year before that with Utah, where he was forty-six. Yeah, that's very strange. So I mean, it, it, this is not like a super small sample size. In the in the preseason, he was shooting forty-five percent, and coming into this season, after ten games, so almost one eighth of the season, forty-three percent. Okay, maybe maybe it finishes a little bit lower than that, and even if it does, I think he's he's kind of playing enough to still matter. As long as it doesn't drop to like you know thirty nine, thirty eight. Yeah, that's like, the worry, right? Is like he had forty and thirty nine basically the last two seasons, and if it gets down there, you're kind of going, ew, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the sense that that's 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 a big drag at ten attempts on your field goal percentage for your whole entire team. That's true. Any of these other uh, schmucks down here at the in the bottom of the waiver wire? I got a guy that I've been getting asked a little bit about, and he's getting ready to come back, and, and I kind of like to get your take on, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies' Jamichael Green. Oh, yeah, Jamichael Green. I forgot about that dude. He is owned in a whopping 11% of Yahoo Leagues. Would you rather take a flyer on Jermichael Green or Greg Monroe right now. Okay, what's the league? 12 team head-to-head, nine categories, because we're adults and we play with turnovers. I would rather have Monroe, I think, just because I, I know what the ceiling is on Jermichael Green, and it's not very high at all. 
And I know what the ceiling on Greg Monroe is, and it's pretty sexy. And so I'm just hoping that he kind of gets there. I think even in like 32 minutes a night, right, which Michael Green's not going to play more than that, I mean, he's barely standardly relevant, right? I mean, he's going to – I think he's going to scrape that that drop, no drop zone, I guess, for a while. Um, his percentages are, are are always solid, so if you're in a roto league, this could that could matter more. But – yeah, I think we kind of know who Jamal Green is, right? He's 27 years old. I don't think he's going to like wildly improve. I don't even think he's going to play much more than 27 to 30 minutes. He played 27 minutes last season. They, the thing I'll say is they got not a lot at that power forward position, That's right? That's true. They keep saying they want to play Chandler Parsons there, but I mean, I think we're kind of mm. seeing that he's busted. Yeah, that guy's not good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I still don't know if Jermichael Green will play much more than t- twenty-seven to thirty minutes. Like I'm with you there. I don't think I don't it's know he I don't, like thirty-five or thirty-six. I don't think it's any more than thirty. I mean, I think that's a ceiling. And even in thirty minutes, like what's this guy doing? That's great. Like mm. a little more than half a block, like point eight steals in thirty minutes, probably. Like maybe like, eight rebounds. That's that's the sexiest category right there. And the good percentage sure. on minimal attempts. Rondé Hollis Jefferson like blows this guy out of the water, like. I, and so, I I just don't know. And I think you kind of hit it right. If you're if you're taking a chance on someone who's lower in a league, like you know, it's not like you're possibly getting Nick Batum here, right? Stu Michael Green or Greg Monroe. Like, take the shot. Like, take the biggest shot you can. Go for the riskiest one, and the riskiest one is Greg Monroe because you got the higher upside there. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's guys out there owned in less leagues that I'd much rather have. And people keep asking me, like, oh, would you pick him up? He's getting ready to come back, like, probably within the next week. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, I mean, I'll stream him, but, like, I don't really even want to hold him that much. Like, he's not sexy at all. Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's okay. A guy I'd probably rather have if I had to, like, hold one in a deeper league, um, Kyle Anderson, right? And, like, no one thinks Kyle Anderson's that great, but I think I'd rather have him than Jermichael Green, even if he's only playing 26 minutes. Like, he just produces some stats that look fantasy relevant, whereas Jermichael Green really doesn't. Yeah, not a super sexy name, old Kyle Anderson. That's what I mean. And, like, I saw I, – I, if you're running out to get Jermichael Green, I'd, I'd kind of caution against that. I'd, I'd check the waiver wire again, see if there's someone a little bit, a little uh. better. Here's somebody who's playing quite a few minutes, owning eleven percent of leagues on the same team, James Ennis. Oh God, get the barf bag out. Listen, he's playing 30 minutes a game. He's doing something. If I'm in a standard <laughs> league, I, I, I I'm not super interested in him, but <laughs> he is alive I mean, on the court. Is that, he's is that out there. Me? He's out there. He is alive on the court. I, I'm just saying person living on the court. The, if the Grizzlies are playing a lot of games this week, James Ennis probably should be owning a, more than 11% of leagues. Like, it seems too low. Well, shooting good percentages, but, I mean, like, what is he giving you? Like, maybe part of a steal and a couple yeah, of rebounds? Yeah, there's, there's not a lot there. I'm just saying 11 seems very low. Yeah, and, I mean, in, in deeper leagues, that's that's fine. I still can't believe Jared Jackson only owned 3%. He's still playing. Still got yeah. some decent assists. I guess I'd rather have Bogdan than than James Ennis for sure. I know you—that's your boy, even though he's owning twelve percent of the leagues. 
I, don't get me started on the Kings. The Jaeger is the only coach in the NBA who thinks his bench players should all play more than his starters, which doesn't make any sense to anyone at all. But that's Jaeger logic for you. Yeah, he's um, look at he's... every game. Like Justin Jackson moved to the bench now, plays like thirty minutes every night, and Bogdan's like twenty four. Buddy Heald moved to the bench, and he's like 29 minutes a game now. And Bogdan's like 23, and Garrett Temple's like 23 or 24. And it's like, why are you starting these guys and then playing them less minutes than the guys who play the same position on the bench? Like, what what kind of logic is that, Jaeger? Like, and then to not play Scalabissier at all when you're clearly maybe one of the shittest teams in the NBA makes no sense to me. He is a uh, trash trash person and with did a, you did you hear his quote on why he wasn't playing scalabissier that made me crack up no not at all I, I i hate to break it to you i've just not been following the kings all right so here's his quote okay scalabissier has not been getting on the court i'm paraphrasing i'm not reading it okay sure. he's not been getting on the court because he can't guard smaller players he can't guard like when threes move down to the four he can't guard them Mike, who's been playing the power forward position for the Kings mostly? Uh, smoking Zach Randolph. Who has maybe the slowest feet in the NBA. Am I wrong about this? I mean, he was slow when he was, you know, a, a young not, man and, four, not 40 years old. And I'm like, Jaeger, that is the worst excuse I've ever heard for a person in my life. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I'm not the smartest man alive, and I don't understand what the hell you're saying. Yeah, that's um, that's embarrassing. Like that is just not a real. It's not even a real real words. Like, I, 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 what's going? Like, is is what's going on there? Like, the same thing that happened in L.A. when everybody was like, "Oh, why are you playing Kobe so much? You guys are idiots. Play the young guys." And then uh, it turned out, oh yeah, the the whole front office was like tank, tank hard. Tank forever, and I, are they just tanking super hard this year so they can get one of those top three picks? I get why they're doing it this year. They don't have the pick next year, and and the reforms coming and all that. But it's like, I mean, you basically have a young player at every position, right? You've got yeah, how, many, how many more do you need? So you've got well, I guess they Fox. need one that's good. How about that? You got Fox though. You've got Bogdanovich. You've got Healed. You've got Collie Stein. You've got Scalabissier. That's five positions right there. Now, I guess, right, you are still looking for your, your superstar player. But why are you not trying to build around these guys? Like, you're going to lose more games playing those guys than you're going to play playing George Hill and Zach Randolph anyways, right? Why, why, are you, why, are you not, why are you not playing them? Like, even the Bulls are playing Lowry Market, and now, granted, I don't think they would have played Lowry Market so many minutes if uh, – Bobby Portis didn't uh, break Nico Miritich's face, so I guess that was one of those things where the front office was going to blow it, and then uh, turns out it went fine, and now they're taking credit for it. Even the Bulls aren't doing this. Well, and like, I mean, Vince Carter's got a kidney stone now, so he's not going to be playing for a few games at least. But like, they're running Vince Carter out, who's a forty-year-old man, and. Can still play. He Don't still get me dunk. wrong. I saw him dunk the other day. And he's still a good player, but they're running him out like 15 to 20 minutes, uh, 15 to 18 minutes a night. It's like, why? I mean, just, just why? I don't understand. Like, you could be playing Malachi Richardson, who's like 21 years old, and you're playing 40 year old Vince Carter. Like, are you going to win one more game with Vince Carter? Maybe. But 
okay, what's the difference between 25 wins and 26, Mike? Like, nothing. Not a whole lot. Well, actually, it might be the difference between getting a great player and not yeah. this year. And, I mean, Fox looks really good. So, I mean, they did draft fairly well this year, I think. But they're also not the front office I'd want to put a high draft pick in the hands of if I had to say, pick me the best player in this draft. Right? I think there'd be a lot of front offices I'd pick before the Kings. Um. Yes, like a, every one of them, except for maybe the Knicks. I don't know, man. Chicago might be in that running. Mm. They keep Fred Hoiberg as a coach. That's all I'll say. You're at least in Chicago? <laughs> I mean, it is, I guess, warmer in California. Technically. So... I didn't yeah. know where you were going to go with that. I was going to thought maybe you were going to like use some sort of strange no. atomic um, measurements or something that proves that it was warmer in Chicago. Um, you know, we have a lot of fresh water and in the in, in, impending um, drought that will obviously decimate the, the West during uh, climate change. Well, Chicago will be fine. Oh, man. I, I have nothing to say to that, so you might as well just move on. Just letting you know. So I think that's it for tonight. Um, not too uh, – I mean, there's probably still a couple of waiver wire guys out there, but we'll talk about them next time. Uh, Tyler, do you got uh, anything to plug or anything going – any good writing out there? Um, yeah, so this weekend on Sunday you'll be able to read my schedule primer for the next week. Um, I also got a mock draft coming out in the next couple of days that will be for the 2018. It's maybe my second run at the NBA mock draft for 2018, so you can look forward to that. That'll be good. I'll be interested in that one because uh, that's pretty much the only event I'm interested in uh, for the Chicago Bulls So, in the next year or so. Um, I, I, I used uh, Kevin Pelton's regular se- or preseason uh, projections for the team, so the Bulls are picking very high in my draft, Mike. That's uh, very promising. I hope you didn't screw it up. They're picking uh, a Duke player, if that makes you feel better. Yeah, you know what? Him. It does. It does make me feel better. I won't give away him. I'm a little worried about the uh, the foreign prospect out there, but uh, he he does look pretty good. Maybe he might be a once-in-a-lifetime talent, too. So it's like, uh-oh. I don't like it when the Bulls have a choice. I'm kind of hoping they get like the second or third pick. Uh, that that young man is going to be pretty all right in the NBA, I think. I think he's a special, special talent. Yeah, he looks very good. Very, very good. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Watsy4444. Perfect. And you can find me at WatchTheBoxes on Twitter. And remember, if you do tweet at us using the promo code BOXES for Draft.com, the daily fantasy basketball app. Actually, it's just a fantasy sports app where you can bet on live games uh, daily and you do a snake draft to pick those teams. If you tweeted us using that promo code boxes, we will set you up where you can draft against me and Tyler and uh, test your knowledge and then take our money. So uh, feel free to tweet at either one of us with that using the promo code boxes. And you get a free draft. So really, like you could play for free against us and then take our money without even like betting any money. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, no risk on that, bad boy. None, none so whatsoever. So yeah, I think that's it for tonight. Tyler, thanks for joining me. As always, Mike, it was my pleasure. Beautiful, and we will see you all later. Have a good one.